Today's gospel is in, again in Mark chapter 6. This is a unique little segue and it is a prelude to the feeding of the 5,000. If you remember what an awesome miracle that was with this few loaves and few fish that fed so many, we're going to talk about that next Sunday. This is the little window in between and it sets up the stage for Jesus' compassionate care shown to his busy, busy disciples and the many, many people who have so many needs. Listen to these words from Mark 6. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. They had been sent out previously. We talked about that. And now they'd come back and reported to him. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Fellow sheep of the great shepherd. I wish we would start, maybe I should just do this and try to do weird things once in a while. We could start in the same way the gospel Mark 6 did today. In a way I do in my heart, because uh, I always feel like as a pastor and being in this place, I have a special privilege of knowing things that are going on between your ears that maybe not every member knows, but I get to know it and share it. These little reports that I get to hear from the sheep of God serving him, just like the disciples coming back to Jesus and reporting to him all the things that they had done and taught. Can you do that today? Obviously, we're not going to do it. But in your heart, you come into these walls and have the chance to be quiet and listen to Jesus who says, come with me by a quiet place for a reason, to get some rest. But after the disciples have come and they're bubbling over in all the things they got to do in their Lord's name and by his power for their week. And maybe it was more than a week. I don't know how long it really was of a time in between the last time they had seen each other. But this reporting seems like a delightful thing, doesn't it? And it feels wonderful. Like all the, all the rich treasures, all that they're celebrating the party of Jesus. Are they not? They're celebrating the work of Jesus. What they got to say in Jesus' name and what they got to do by Jesus' power. And it excited them. And they're so, it just feels animated that they came back to him and you have that reunion moment like, hey, it's been a week and I've really missed you. And then you get to see and share all those lovely things. And just imagine, can you just imagine if we did take some time and maybe you're like, oh, my list isn't so great. I don't know what I would come back and tell Jesus about my week. 
But I think then Jesus would open his mouth and he'd say, I saw you when, and I saw you when, and I'm using this in such a way. And he would highlight all these lovely, wonderful things that your reporting would get better. You'd recognize the grace of the hard stuff and the grace of the lovely driving out the demons kind of stuff. And you'd recognize the power behind weakness as well as the strength. I think that this reporting time is so precious. But what we're going to talk about today is the necessary flow back and forth between work, wonderful, exciting to report work, and the necessity of rest. And the balance, the interplay, the requirement of the two that must go together. I think that you can tell Bible and from your daily life that God always has in mind for his little sheep an interplay between work and rest. Even what happens to us physiologically, if I'm saying that right, when the sun goes down and what your body starts to want to do in the dark, closing its eyes and shutting down a prayer for those who work at night. I think that it's really hard to, to work through the night and try to turn your biological clock stuff upside down. God has done seasons and patterns of enough ebb and flow that you feel in life that there's not too much of one without getting something of another. Of another. You listen to people and you recognize when they sound burned out. You seem burned out and stressed. You need a break. We need a vacation. The language comes off our lips, doesn't it? Almost as a pattern and this, this thing you can sort of sense that is out there in order to hold the two in balance. Well, the same is true. As we're going to talk about work and rest today, think about Jesus' disciples coming back and reporting all this wonderful work. They are animated by what they got to do. They are animated by what they got to say. And they're pouring out the report to Jesus who sent them. And it's all coming, coming back to the sender in this beautiful reporting that took place. Their work was good work. And Jesus says something that maybe you'd, maybe you'd say, they don't need rest. Listen to these reports, Jesus. Send them back out. Like mission, 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 mission. Go, 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 go. Not a minute to waste. Look at all these people that are around. The crowds are like pushing up against the edge of the shore. And they're, they're like right here in our face. Now, 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 now. Jesus, send them out. Get it done. The fields are ripe for the harvest. And you got workers on the left hand and the right. Send out your disciples again. It went. This is a good round one. I could see a pause if you're like, yeah, Jesus, this did not go well, okay? We buckled under pressure and failed to preach your word. If that was the report, it'd be like, all right, guys, let's regroup. But isn't this interesting that at the height of their glorious reporting and their successful sending and proclamation of the word in his name and by his grace, that Jesus still says, come with me by yourselves to get some rest and even the word for a little while. Just for a little while. 
dissimilar reporting back to Jesus happened in Luke chapter 10. Do you remember what Jesus told his disciples about rejoicing in Luke chapter 10? Do not rejoice that the spirits, the demons, submit to you when you drive them out. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Work or rest. Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you in your work. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Your rest. Now we're talking about what moves inside of you as you do the work. There's something interesting. Without rest in your life, your work will cease to be good work. Your service to your Lord, your love for your families, all those dreams and desires that you have for those around you that are good and godly, they can be corrupted if you don't have rest. If you don't know what surrounds it. And I think as soon as you begin to explore this, you realize what a tragic world can happen inside someone whose eyes are fixed on the work, even if it's good, successful, driving out demons work. But if your eyes are on the work itself and not on the rest you have, it will spoil your work. You've seen this because day after day after day, you do things that are tasks that are good and wonderful and helpful and godly and God-pleasing all the time. And you do them again and again and again. And you know what happens to our little human psyche and human natures? You begin to treat things that you repeat in your life more and more superficially. You begin to say, I did that. It's not as exciting the hundredth time as it is the first time. Ask me about the first time I preached in this room and all the things that I felt going on just because it was new. And now I can't remember because of COVID how many sermons I've preached here anymore. COVID is like a past life to all of us, isn't it? Uh, that's just a joke, sorry. But it's one of those things that completely changes your perspective. What is it like to do it for the 100th, the 500th, the 1,000th time? What is pastor's approach this week to his sermon? Is it just as serious as the first one he gave? Is it just as important to him inside as the first one he delivered? As he is intensely earnest about learning the word of God that God has given to share with his sheep as a faithful shepherd this week as he was last week. You see? And if I begin to look at it more and more superficially or begin to take some shortcuts, I've preached on that one before. Then what happens to me? And don't tell me that's not serious work. If the devil can take the legs out of a preacher, don't you think he'd be pretty happy to take the legs out from underneath a preacher to take the rest from the heart of the gospel worker 
so that he's burned out or fixated on successes and failures and doesn't rest well because he's resting in the wrong place, doesn't sleep well because he's not handing it off to God. Do you hear this beautiful thing in Hebrews 13 that Paul, not Paul, the writer to the Hebrews said? Where he said, respect your leaders, love your leaders, work with them. And how did it end? And may the God who really is the great shepherd of the sheep, may he do his stuff. It ended with this beautiful blessing and a reminder of what God owns, what God gives, and what God does. So it is with you that you parent and you work and you labor and you care for a myriad of things. I have four kids and I know exactly how complex kids are and people are because of it. How many little precious needs we worry about in their heart. How many psychological things going on as they grow up into this world. How many things we want to raise them up to be like this and to have that in the tool belt of life so they can navigate it in the Lord. There's so many things you want to equip people with. There's so many things you would like to do. And yet, if you focus on the work and you don't rest, you will never get over guilt that you could have done more. You'll never get over the anxiety. You'll never get over the fear. You never get over the thousands of things that will creep into your heart to spoil that work. There's such a thing, isn't there, as a vacation that doesn't end up feeling like a vacation? where you go and you get some physical rest, but you're still around sinners. You're still around in a fallen world. Somebody gets sick on vacation. Now it doesn't feel like vacation. People have an argument. They didn't have it home, but they had it on vacation. Now it doesn't feel like vacation. You know, the things that just take place because life is life and it's on vacation. It's not really rest. And then there is a rest that Jesus gives. And he calls his little sheep over to a special place. And he walks you through Holy Week very slowly. Let us remember our sin and so much more than that. The rest in the face of it. Let us come and stand at the foot of the cross today. Remember the shortcomings and the failures. Time we pushed too hard and made someone angry the impatience, all the spoiled things that pour out of our hearts when they're not resting in Christ, all the pride and the arrogance, all the guilt and the fear. You bring it all. It's just this muddy mess, and it needs a trust fall to say, Lord, I can do my best, and I still end up doing my worst. I can, I can go as far as I can go and completely feel inadequate and unsatisfied because work isn't a resting place. And if I get fixated on it, I am going to burn out every last time, every single time, and not be refreshed and not be able to tell people what rest is. And Jesus says, come here. Lay it all at my feet. Because the greatness of rest is in me. And he gives his disciples saying, come with me. He doesn't say go on vacation. He says, come with me. He has them stand around a cross. He has them go to an empty tomb. 
You know that he didn't actually do that yet, but this is exactly how Jesus would nurture and encourage his disciples and how he encourages shepherds who are faithful would communicate that to you, that yours is forgiveness, that yours is his full keeping of the word of God on your behalf, that every little sweat that drops from your brow drops in the beauty of the gospel of all the things Jesus shed for you. That you would know what you possess in Christ before you seek to pour out something of a gift to be shared as a possession for others. That you would know who you are because of Jesus, stepping away from an empty tomb in the thrill and the joy of a life that has no end. And then you can go in that life, in that strength, to share something bigger than yourself. My brothers and sisters, are you hearing the difference between work and rest and how they're so important for each other? You cannot work in the Lord without rest first in the Lord. Your labor is not in vain precisely because of that connection. Don't lose that. Dear Christian friends, encourage me not to lose that, that here we might rest together to be ready to go to work. And then they reached the shore and crowds met them right on the very step of the shore. So many people. He's about to feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So many needs, and Jesus gazed out at this crowd, and the disciples gazed out at this crowd, and you saw need upon need upon need in the diversity of things to be done and to be said. And Jesus was moved to compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. I want you to listen to that. Because that is a severe statement. There's no turtle shell on a sheep. There's no fangs in its mouth. There's no sprint in its step. There's no power in its arms. There's no roar from its mouth. It's just a sheep without a shepherd. Oh, the need that is calling to our Jesus. Oh, the things I want to tell my neighbor. So many things. But I know I got to take baby steps. And how do I work in just the basics? So many things we have to deal with. So many things for us to talk about. Think of all the unshepherded moments in your life this last week. Think of the doubts and the guilt and the fears that you felt. Christians, believers, some of you grew up in the faith, and yet you have moments that still need shepherding. We have needs, let alone those of those around us. And to think that I had a week that we had this week with Clint's coworker, 
losing his wife in a sudden accident. Imagine all the things going in Clint's mind. Everything he wants to say and bring and give to Jesse, his co-worker. To build him up. To take place of the word of God. How do I do it? What do I say? Jesus is moved to compassion because he recognizes every single last one of those needs. And I could have another four days with you together brainstorming just how many of those needs there are. And all the things we have to do. All the things that we get to say. Oh, the reporting list. It's so long. And look at the needs of sheep without a shepherd. Look at the needs of shepherding me. And then we had dinner. Not just what happened in Clint's life. We had dinner Friday night with another uh, pastor and his wife in the area. And if I had a tape recorder, just the things that come out of your heart because of COVID, the way you're trying to like say things and not be unbelieving in the midst of saying them, what's, what's hard, the report that you hear, you're like, yeah, yeah, that has been happening. But we have who we have, and we do what we do, and we go forward in the name of the Lord. How, how are we going to rest our thoughts that are so concerned with our work? You see what it is to be a Christian? It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. And every 24-7 thinking you do in the name of the Lord needs a place to fall. Jesus says, I get that. And he began teaching them many things. And brothers and sisters, we're not given what Jesus said that day. And yet we are in the very scriptures that are put into your lap. You know that in the word of God, Jesus has given you every syllable you need. No more and no less for you to be refreshed in your work. And every one of those syllables dumped into the soup of the word of God is all made to be a wonderful, healthy meal for those sheep that says, God loves you. He knows you. He's called you by name. And he's forgiven all your sins. Every last syllable and every last word in the soup of God's word boils down to the saming name of Jesus to guide and shepherd you all your days in the security and the safety of the presence of God that never fails you and never leaves you so that you might move out into this world surrounded by your rest as you carry out your work. That's what the shepherd shows you in Mark chapter 6. And he's your shepherd still today. Listen to his voice. Find your rest in his name. And go and get back out there among the thousands of callings and needs that speak into your life and your eyes and your ears and your heart in the few people around you. God be with us. He is. As we do this work in his name. And may he fill good reporting but first and foremost, may he fill our hearts with his rest. Amen.